0: Welcome to the Leave Insert Guidance podcast. My name is Dunicoh O'Mahony. I'm a secondary school guidance counsellor and I also run the Leaving Cert Guidance Instagram page. On today's show, I'm joined by Dr. Stephen Ryan, Admissions and Recruitment Executive Officer at the University of Limerick. Dr. Ryan and I talk about the new programmes in UL from environmental science to social science, exercise and health and fitness management. We also talk about portfolio requirements for UL for next year, sports scholarships, academic scholarships, and the cooperative education work experience that UL offer. Now, so I'm joined by Dr. Stephen Ryan, who's the Admissions and Recruitment Executive Officer in University of Limerick. Stephen, you're very welcome on to the Leaving Cert Guidance podcast.
1: Thank you very much for having me, Donica.
0: So, you know, Stephen, you all have a few new programs coming out next year that a lot of six years might not be aware of. um, And I kind of want to delve into those today, if that's okay with you.
1: Yeah, uh, of course. I suppose just um, first off, what are the new courses? We've Environmental Science, LM066. Now, Environmental Science is being offered as a direct entry course. So there was the option of doing Environmental Science uh, going through a common entry program, now there's a direct route into environmental science. So if you're, um, so if if maybe you had been in the, if considering doing environmental science through the common entry program, this is just another option that might be there available to you. We have a new LMO19 social science course as well, which is, uh, there's, it would incorporate options to study digital culture and communications, economics, geography, history, linguistics with teaching English speakers of other languages, politics and international relation, psychology, public administration, and leadership and sociology. I would stress though, that if you're choosing to do psychology, through the social science course, it doesn't have the recognition from the Psychology Society of Ireland. You, uh, If if you wanted to do psychology, to get that recognition, you should probably do maybe psychology or sociology or a dedicated Bachelor of Science in psychology, yeah. uh, which are, are options in UL that have that recognition. And then also we have a new course in exercise and health fitness management. It's a four year course. Uh, honors degree now there is i suppose uh maybe for a lot of people who are looking at this they might uh, be thinking about the exercise and health fitness aspect of it but there's also that business aspect to it through management um, it is a management course and i suppose the the when designing the course the the um they were very cognizant of the fact that this would attract um athletes or or, or you know people who who are practicing athletes and they uh they tailored the course and will so that they can work with athletes uh, around their timetables as well so they're they're very much um thoughtful of of that aspect of it, that that this course could well attract a lot of athletes um but if you wanted to get into the areas of exercise and health, fitness management, if you wanted to work maybe um, with professional athletes, professional teams, if you wanted to work in a gym setting, um, this, this this would be an excellent course for people to consider.
0: Yeah, and I suppose, like you just mentioned there, and it's good for people to know that, that with the area, the elements sorry, of management in it, that, you know, there it will have that business element in it too.
1: It will, and it wouldn't. Um, while I suppose it it would be the obvious route uh, would be to go into something in exercise and health fitness management. It might also be maybe a stepping stone to something else, and a lot of people might change their perspective, their outlook during a course. So to have something um, a little broader that might might, might maybe. Uh, be a launch pad is, is, is a good thing for, I think, six-year uh, six students to consider that that there's an evolutionary process in going through the uh, third level and what you intend t- to do when you set out might not be what you want to do in four years. Um, but it's not always limiting. A lot of skills that you learn can be transferable um, and Similarly, you could go into maybe another area of management or you could move on and do maybe a postgraduate course that would allow you to uh, transition to a different area.
0: Yeah, so I like what you said there, Stephen, and it's good for students to know this. What you intend to start out doing, as you said, might not always be the area you go into. And of course, like each of these three degrees that are brand new in UL next year, the environmental science, social science and the exercise health and fitness management, do have those transferable skills that you're talking about that will allow you to diversify into different areas if you want?
1: Certainly, um, and then there's uh, also, I suppose, students who are coming in and they're just not sure exactly of what. I mean, it is this year I think is more difficult than than most years for a lot of students. And I know myself when I went to um, when I went to third level first, I did not have. A bull's notion. Of what I should be doing, and um, and I ended up doing history, politics, sociology, and social studies, which is, of course, now uh, that's incorporated into the arts course. But I suppose the two things that I would recommend maybe to anyone listening would be uh, to a speak with your own guidance counselor, have a chat with them. I know uh, a lot is going on over Zoom and Teams, and you mightn't see them, so you mightn't be inclined to. Uh, approach them but it's very important uh thing to do i know for myself i got great guidance at that juncture uh and and i was steered towards um i was steered towards the area of history and politics because uh i didn't know it myself but they but my guidance counselor knew that was an area i probably should uh should pursue but the other thing then um about about it is to maybe consider some of the broader courses. Um, If you don't know exactly what it is you'd like to do, if there's something that maybe for some students, uh, general arts might be a good course to do because it gives you a lot of scope to pursue, um, to get a little experience in first year and then pursue something down the road. It sort of postpones uh, that decision similarly with our common entry programs if, if, if in in um, science and engineering are um, for a lot of people another kind of broad church would be would be business. Um, so these are our courses that are worth considering if you don't i mean if if it's something you do know and you want to do it, great, but if you don't know uh, oftentimes that can be a good option. Yeah um, to pursue because it, it gives you it gives you a lot of scope and you can then focus maybe on a specific area. Um
0: well I'm glad you gave a that advice because even like you're an arts graduate yourself. Um and and sometimes students are hesitant to commit to an arts degree because there's just that uncertainty about what you're going to do afterwards. But not alone is there uncertainty, but as you said, there's so many opportunities after that. And even if we look at the social science degree that you all are bringing out, like there's just so much scope across it, as you mentioned a few there, digital culture, communication, economics, geography, history, politics, psychology, a few of them that you've done yourself, public admin and leadership and sociology, like right across the board, even that degree has a great spectrum for students uh, to test out different fields before they have to commit themselves.
1: And it allows uh, students to combine three disciplines within that course. So, I mean, you wouldn't be just going in and going, well, I'm going to be focusing on economics or geography. It it, will allow you to to pursue three disciplines. And that's uh, very good for if, say, you wanted to get into maybe teaching, you wanted to go on and do a teaching uh, masters afterwards and get into maybe secondary school teaching because it would give you different subjects that you would be able to to teach so it it's it, um i suppose it gives you a lot to put in your arsenal
0: yeah and uh, you know a lot of employers they're very keen on social science graduates as well because as you'd mentioned earlier yourself uh Stephen, it is the the amount of of different skills you come out with. Firstly, it's a Bachelor of Science as opposed to a Bachelor of Arts degree. Uh, But the opportunity that all these different skills, uh, how impressive it would be for employers. You know, you've got your problem solving, your critical thinking, presentations, meeting deadlines. These are everything that employers are looking for. Um, And with that social science, you're studying society, you're studying people. And again, uh, another thing that they're looking for.
1: And I think the world is sort of moving in, in a direction where this is becoming more and more important, even we see with uh, the Biden administration coming into uh, power in America, that uh, I don't know how many of them are coming from um, from social sciences, arts background into, into these jobs. And I suppose it's an important time, um, I suppose, just with what we're seeing uh, how we're seeing societies moving that there is 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 perhaps a an onus on on university sector generally to to pursue and promote uh, promote these these particular types of courses
0: yeah and no, I definitely actually...
1: think down the road it'll be something that will be um be very significant.
0: And we had a post on Instagram recently um, when Joe Biden was elected that both he and Kamala Harris actually come from social science backgrounds, uh, economics what, and politics. F- yeah.
1: I, I knew Kamala Harris and I was, I was just hesitant to say Joe Biden because well, I think it Joe, might have actually might have the been same your as post you. I saw that. On. Yeah, Joe
0: was the same as you. Joe was history and politics, I think. History and, and uh, politics. I think she was economics and politics. Uh, so definitely so a social I, science background.
1: So maybe, maybe, maybe this will be the first step in the wrong to, <laughs> to, to high office for yep. a lot of students watching.
0: Well, a future Taoiseach has to be sitting in a classroom somewhere. So what's to say it's not the student listening to this podcast? And then just to go on to the environmental science. Obviously, these environmental science degrees are getting more and more popular. Um, obviously, this particular one you're looking at geographic environmental science. Is there any? Is there any entry requirements for this particular degree, Stephen?
1: Just uh, with regards to the entry requirements for environmental science, it is important to recognize that applicants must have a minimum grade of O3H7 in mathematics and a H4 in any one of the following agricultural science, applied maths, biology, chemistry, physics, or physics with chemistry. Um so on top of the the general requirements, you would need those requirements also. Yeah, so it's interesting so suppose, to
0: note the O3 in maths, you know, just to keep that in mind for those students who are looking at this environmental science, that the O3 in maths is very important.
1: And of course, in the University of Limerick, we have a special mathematics exam as well that's offered. So now this is, would be for someone maybe who did honours and might have met the honours grade. Uh, it wouldn't really cater for for somebody doing or sorry, higher level, it wouldn't really cater for somebody doing ordinary level. Um, but if, if you did miss out on it, uh, that's something that's worth bearing in mind.
0: So Stephen, a lot of universities and colleges and ITs have had to change up their entry requirements um, because of the whole COVID situation that we're in. And uh, some courses that require a portfolio or an interview or some sort of an assessment has now changed uh, for this upcoming academic year. Is there any courses in UL that might have assessment criteria that might have changed a bit?
1: Um, certainly, architecture is something that was reflected on in the um, that was reflected on, and I'm pretty sure we're working on the base that there is going to be no portfolio due to COVID for architecture. Do double check uh, on our website to make sure that this. Uh, that this is the case because, but we are working under that, um, we were, are working on that basis. LMO 7.6, which is a Bachelor of Science in Product Design and Technology, that, that also requires a portfolio. This It is a digital portfolio, so there won't be any change to that course. And there was, I suppose, a bit of questioning around it, so I just wanted to make that clear. Uh, and also then um, there isn't going to be, even though it's a, Big ask for students uh, who want to do paramedic studies. There, there is a requirement that you need a full driver's license for a car and a provisional driver's license for a van. Um, that will remain in place. And I know that's a big ask for people, and I would encourage people to who who are maybe worried about this to make to maybe focus, just focus on the leaving cert. Don't. Don't let it bother them too much, um, because there's always the option of maybe doing. Um, there's always the option of maybe doing a level five or level level six course that would be beneficial to you. Um, in going into a course like that and taking the time then to to do the uh, driver's licences, because it is a big ask on students, and I'm aware of that, and I I think. And the important thing for students to recognize is not necessarily to put pressure on themselves um, to get it all. And if you if you if you can do that, brilliant. But uh, I think it is a big ask and. There's a lot going on for students who are doing their leaving cert,
0: and I even think there's a big backlog um, in people trying to get different licenses yeah. in Ireland due to due to the pandemic as well.
1: I've um, heard that, so yeah. uh, I would I would encourage students to 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 really focus on the leaving cert, uh, and if 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 you don't do go in directly, maybe you can go in at another time, and it would just take take a little bit of pressure off you. To, so what- to to consider that.
0: One of the other things I want to chat about, so anytime I've been to UL, it's always been to a sports event. Uh, UL is known for its history of sport and great athletes that come out of there and even for their amazing sports facilities. But I want to chat to you about maybe the sports scholarships. I know there's three different types of sports scholarships, whether it's gold, silver or bronze. What what do each of those mean to students who are applying to UL next year?
1: Certainly. uh, Gold is obviously the, the... for the, the cream of the crop and we've had brilliant athletes come to the university of limerick we've had olympians um and this gives you support towards a training grant and accommodation uh it give it covers your registration fee sports science support, gives you coaching um and arena gym membership. So we have the arena in UL, which is 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 our sporting complex. And in the arena, we have an, uh, a gym and we have an elite gym and the f- facilities in UL uh, for sports are fantastic. So um, not only do are, do people come to the University of Limerick, do athletes come to the University of Limerick because of our attractive scholarships, but they also come because we have such brilliant facilities um silver gives support towards a training grant accommodation it gives 50 percent off your registration fee sports science support coaching uh and gym membership and then bronze gives a training grant uh gives support towards training grant sports science support coaching and gym membership um and these are based on a uh they're competitive, so you fill out your application. The deadline for them is the 1st of March, and I would encourage anyone who is applying to make sure and sing your own praises Absolutely. On the application. We have a problem he, here in
0: Ireland of, of not being able to sell ourselves uh, when, when we're quite good at something.
1: And humility will get you nowhere yeah. in this regard. It, it's 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 about maybe... Brazening it out and and showing showing your worth on that application, and if you don't necessarily get the if you don't get a sports scholarship in first year there's no saying that you wouldn't be able to get it in second year or third year because there is a big step up for students. I know at the, at the moment it isn 't the best time maybe for students to be showing their athletic prowess um because of a lot of competitions that have been put on hold. Um, but maybe in second year you might have moved in up to um, inter-varsity level. It's that high level. Maybe you'd have gotten a bit of a bit more experience with club or county uh, or or in whatever sport that you're you're chasing. And they do give it to disparate sports. It's not just for your your big sports. Your hurling, your football, your soccer, your rugby. It's uh, they do give. Um, they do give scholarships to disparate sports. But if you apply for one of these uh scholarships, your name goes into the hat as well for some of our older scholarships that exist. We've the Michael Hillary and Jacinto O'Brien Athletics Scholarships, with the Plassey Camps Company Swim Ireland Bursaries, and with the Paddy Doo- Dooley uh Rowing Scholarships as well. So we do have other scholarships outside of it. But if you apply for one scholarship, you'd be considered then as well for the other ones. And make sure and get your applications in good and early, because again things are, are get, going to get very busy and it might just pop out of your head. So get the application in good and early for but, yeah. sports scholarships.
0: It's great that one application does all. And you were saying there, Steve, I think 1st of March is the deadline for that.
1: 1st of March is the deadline for that. Uh, so do but, get in your application yeah. and it takes a bit of time to fill it out as well. So make sure and give it enough time.
0: Yeah. And is there any other scholarships, you know, asides from, from sport that first years could apply for?
1: Yeah, we have the, I, spo- I suppose the big scholarships that we have are, they're not actually based on an application, but based on your results. So if you're, we have the UL40 scholarship, so if you're coming into the university and you have very high grades uh, amongst the highest in your, um, in, in, we'll say the faculty uh, coming into first year, you would be assessed on your grades coming in and you could be in with the chance of getting one of those UL40 scholarships. But it's not just the UL40 scholarships, there is an array of different scholarships available uh, in the different faculties. Um, Just off the cuff, uh, in first year there's I think women in engineering bursaries, uh, among among other ones uh, that would be for first years coming in. But also then there would be scholarships down the road that would be maybe based on your QCA in first year. So there's a constant, um, I suppose, stream of different scholarships. Now, there are so many different scholarships. There's pages upon pages of them. And if you download our prospectus, you would be able to take a look at those scholarships. I won't go into them in detail because it would take us forever and a day, but uh, just to say that they are there and they are available uh, in our digital prospectus.
0: Great. And one of the final things I kind of want to chat to you, Stephen, about is the the work experience that is offered in UL, often called cooperative education. It seems to be pretty much renowned uh, as one of the best work experience programs, not alone in Ireland, but in Europe. um, I've often read about this program. Can you tell us a little bit about the cooperative education and what it means in UL?
1: In terms of employability, the University of Limerick have been uh, above par, above average for uh, for the last decade. And one of the reasons for this is, um, uh, for this consistency, I suppose, has been our cooperative education. Uh, employers, when they're looking at students, they're going to be looking for maybe um, experience, not just maybe in their industry, in their, their specific industry, but they'll just want Experience and that this can be very hard for somebody who's gone through four years of college and and came straight out of secondary school to have actual real life experience. So uh, it gives you that, it gives you something to put on the CV, and it shows your employer that you have experience working in a workplace. Aside from that, it can give you very good specific. Experience. So, if you wanted to get into a specific area uh, suitable to your degree, it might give you that experience. You might be able to to get in on that. Uh, you might be able to work for somebody that you aspire to working for. I know. Um, I know people have worked in very air in very interesting, um, with very interesting huge companies, uh, Boeing, for instance. And we have aeronautical engineering and UL, which is is, is a brilliant match up um and also it allows you to network it gets that that name on a cv it gets that good reference uh hopefully you go in you do a really good job you impress your employer you get that really good reference and people that's worth something in in an industry to have gone oh um you've worked with with john over in boeing um i i love what he's doing i i if 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 he if you were, said that you did a good job, that, that works for me. But not only that, a lot of people actually come, go on and go back to the place that they worked on their co-op. Because if you have proven yourself, you've proven your worth, You can. Uh, there's no reason why, why an employer wouldn't turn around and go, they did a great job two years ago. By all means, snap them up, because if we don't, somebody else will. Uh, so... So, so it creates, it creates that, that um, it just gives, gives students. And I mean, it's up to the student themselves what they make of it because a student, uh, if, if a student goes in with, with an attitude of, I'll just, you know, I just have to get through this for the next few months. So I'll just keep my head down and be quiet. They won't get the same benefit as if they really get stuck in and, want to prove a point. So I would encourage everyone to go in with the, that attitude of this is a great opportunity, but it is also what you make of it. And another good thing as well, um, just from, a uh, I suppose, a very practical perspective is for a lot of students who may be going on study abroad, it's a great opportunity to earn a few bob and save it for before you go. So, so
0: these are generally paid work placements?
1: most of them would be paid work placements. Right. There are unpaid work placements as well, and maybe students might opt for unpaid paid work placements. Um, I know one person who went, uh, went working with a charity in Africa and had a fantastic experience, a fantastic time, um, and they opted to do that because that was something that they wanted to do. So there are unpaid placements out there, but the vast majority of students tend to go for paid placements and the co-op office will help you uh, help to set you up with interviews. But like it sort of is a microcosm of real life in that they, they will help you set up interviews. They will give you the skills. They will uh, work with you, but it's up to you to impress the employer. Um, It's not, it's not, um, a case of it's not a case of oh this will all just work out perfectly magically for me without me having it's very much on the student to make sure that they are working with the co-op office that they're working with the employer uh, and it's very much on the student to uh, to utilize it for their own advantage
0: yeah, so it's a great opportunity for students to to make the most of this relationship that UL have with these industry partners that, you know, they can get you in the door. But like you were saying, Stephen, after that, it's up to you. So just kind of finishing up, um, I know UL are very active on social media, um, brilliant website with, with great videos and that about different courses. If students want to get in touch with UL or want to find out about uh, different courses and that, what's the best platform they should they should
1: use? Um, well, I would recommend for all students to make sure and follow us on social media, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat and YouTube so that um, so that I suppose they are aware of of the messages that the university are putting out. But if you want to get get in contact directly, you can get in contact through um, through the website. If you go on the pages there, you should be able to find um you should be able to find an email if you go to the prospectus. You should be able to find emails for um, for to contact depending on what what course you're interested in, or if you go to the admissions page. If it's a if it's a general query, um, it should be worth going to the admissions page on the UL website, or or the academic registry page. Sorry. Yeah. Brilliant. Uh, on the UL website.
0: Brilliant, Doctor Stephen Ryan. Really appreciate you taking the time to come on to Leaving Cert Guidance podcast. Thanks again.
1: Excellent. Thank you very much for for having me, Dunica, and best of luck with the rest of your podcast.